I don't know about you, but I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And so thank you so much, Pastor Noel, for this awesome opportunity. I'm just so grateful to be able to worship once more uh, with you, First Knack. Um, and I have to express our appreciation on behalf of myself and my bride of 25 years, um, who is along with me for the ride, and uh, how you all have poured into our son Trey, uh, a.k.a. Avery II, um, and just so grateful for you um, and all of you, and you, Summit, uh, for those of you who have just truly poured into him and um, helped to invest in the young man that God has called him to be. And I'm just grateful for uh, my three other manifestations of love who are hanging with us on this Sunday. Um, it's so good they came uh, with us today. I do want to thank um, Dr. Webster, not only for helping me with my microphone, um, but also <laughs> he and Angela for being just such wonderful hosts. And Caleb, I don't see you, but I know you're in here. Um, just thank you so much for how kind you've been to my family. Listen, First Knack, you know how to do it well. And we are truly grateful for your hospitality and all the wonderful accommodations that we've received um, here. Uh, I was so enamored with the area that I, I asked, I said, well, can I just leave the kids at home and just come up here with my wife and just enjoy um, all that Nacogdoches has to offer? And um, I'm looking to take your pastor up on that. I am looking to take him up on that. And so I invite you to turn your attention to God's Word. And would you join me in Galatians chapter 5? Galatians chapter 5, where our message for the morning will uh, come from that first verse. And what is uh, considered the Magna Carta uh, to the Christian faith in that wonderful epistle, Galatians, the Holy Spirit speaks to the believers using as his penmen the Apostle Paul. You'll see words similar to these in your copy of God's Word. Written there in the first verse... I really would invite you to lean in and listen to the text that the Spirit of God speaks to the church. For freedom, Christ sets us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. I'm going to read that again. It says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. And here's the message to believers on the day. He says, stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Would you bow your heads and join me in prayer? But Father, you are truly good to us. And we celebrate your wonderful name. We celebrate that we are not alone and we are so grateful for that truth. That even as we gather in this sacred space, Father, we have the assurance that you are, you're with us. And now we ask that you would incline our ears to be ever so sensitive to the message of your word, that you'd condition our hearts and our minds, that we might be receptive soil for the seed of your word that your word might take root in our lives and that we might bear fruit all for your glory, that we might go further in our love with you and further in expressing our love for one another is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. As we were making our pilgrimage to your wonderful city, um, we were traveling uh, during the nighttime. 
And you can't always see the, uh, the wonderful um, scenery during the nighttime uh, as we were making our way from Northwest Houston. Naturally, um, normally, uh, as we're traveling, Pastor Noel, I like to travel at night because my companions generally drift off to sleep. That's, that's normally my, my preference. But was, this was a different night because as we were traveling, um, all of a sudden, um, my daughter began to echo a particular need um, that was really drawing her because somewhere during the course of our travel, she became hungry. And then that began to reverberate uh, throughout the, the vehicle. And, and then my wife says, um, yeah, I, I can use something to eat. So it became my responsibility then to, to find an appropriate place that we might pull in and, and get some nourishment. But if, if you knew me just a little bit, you would know that in me is this, um, this, this, this predisposition to want to get to where I'm going. Now, fellas, don't leave me by myself in this. I know I'm not the only one in here. And I have this predisposition that I just want to, I have a time schedule in my mind. I want to get to where I'm going. But they were echoing this need. And so um, after uh, enough um, emphasis that was giving uh, during the ride, I, I pulled over into an establishment. The lights were on on the outside. And as I pulled in and the lights were on at the drive-thru, so that was, that, was, that was a good sign. That was a good sign that we were going to be in. There was no one in line. And so things were looking really good right about now. But then we got to the drive-thru the drive speaker and said the establishment was closed. But all the lights are on on the outside. But it's closed. From the outside, it looked like um, it was ready and open for business. But the closer we approached, it became increasingly aware that there was no life on the inside. In that quiet night moment, I was reflecting on this message as we pulled up to what looked like there was life. But on the inside, there wasn't movement. Oftentimes, we gather in these sacred spaces. Oftentimes, we gather summit to worship and magnify the Lord. Celebration, we, we gather in celebration, but, but if we're honest about it, sometimes the light is shining on the outside. But on the inside, we find ourselves shackled to points and seasons of darkness. Expressing hope on the outside, but deep within, we, we struggle, sometimes even in silence. We want to express freedom, but for some reason, we haven't truly experienced the freedom of Christ that he gives us as the body of Christ. I want to speak to you because so many of us find ourselves in bondage and not freedom. 
We may express a, a personal freedom, but, but deep down within, if we're honest, we may still feel a sense of bondage to, to guilt and to, to sin. Feel, still feel shackled to remorse or a painful past. When you find yourself drifting in those places of low self-worth or low self-esteem, self-doubt, self-hatred, just, just shackled by regret, suffocating in sin, we have not yet realized all there is to realize in the work of Jesus Christ. We sing about it, but do we really live it? We proclaim it, but is it really the reality of how we live our lives. I got to warn you, I need the sound man right about now uh, to modulate the sound because when I talk about good news, it gets good to me. And so you have to consider what the apostle is writing to the believers in Galatia and I submit to the believers of First Neck. He writes to us that we might to fully embrace the freedom that we receive in Jesus Christ. Look at his writings again. He says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. I love this because we live in a day and time where you oftentimes you, you have to question what someone's objective is when they try to do something good for you. Don't look around right now. I'm just talking about friends. So just look straight ahead if you don't mind. Sometimes we question why someone is trying to help us out or why someone is willing to go the extra mile for us. But I love the how, how the Holy Spirit uh, delineates it in the text. He tells us the objective that Christ comes into our lives, came into the reality of humanity with one objective in mind, and that is to set us free. I really hope you get this, because in these just few phrases, you see the profundity of God's love for humanity. Sometimes we run past it too quickly. When you consider that Christ, that God loved us so much, that God in his love for us wouldn't leave us in the state that we were in, with a chasm caused by sin that prevented us from having a relationship with God, that God loved us so much that God entered into human space, entered into time and space, that he might set us free. Okay, I'm going to say it like uh, Christ said it in John. He said, and whom the Son has set free is. It's my prayer that if you haven't uh, really tasted and see, if you haven't experienced the freedom that is in Jesus Christ, that today be the day that you truly embrace the freedom that comes from knowing Jesus Christ, from having him as Lord of your life, and that you and I might be able to live in a greater sense of freedom, knowing that we are free and that we are free indeed. Well, pastor, what are we, what are we free to experience in Christ. Well, I submit to you initially that Christ sets us free to experience God's unfailing love. When you understand just how much God loves you, that he wouldn't leave us in the state that we are in. And before we could ever think to love God, God expresses his love toward us. 
The psalmist declared it this way in Psalm 118, out of my distress, I called on the Lord and the Lord answered me and he set me free. Paul writes in Rome where he says uh, that God demonstrated, God showed his love toward us that while we were yet sinners. Let me park here for a moment, you all. While we were objects of God's wrath. While we had no way of escape. While we weren't even looking for God. God was looking out for us. You almost sound like I'm the only one in here. Let me talk to you about, let me talk, let me talk to you just for a moment here, because where I come from, you talk back to me. <laughs> because last I read, uh, all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of God's glory. And if God has rescued you, gripped you by grace every now and then, the redeemed of the Lord ought to say so. Let me just check for a moment. Has God blessed anybody in here? Has God rescued anybody in here? Has God delivered anybody in here? Can you say amazing grace? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind. Has God done a work in your life that you don't mind telling somebody that I was in darkness, but he looked out for me. He rescued me. He delivered me when I couldn't do it for myself. Love. Mm, I felt it already. I'm sorry. Am I getting too excited in here? Love lifted me. We, we must never tire of the profundity of God's love for us. A love that saw us in our state and loved us enough not to leave us where we were. That's his love. Kind of reminds me of um, the composer Kurt Kayser when uh, he wrote uh, the song, Oh, How He Loves You and Me. Oh, How He Loves You and Me. Uh, that, that he gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you and me. However, in 1975, when he wrote those lyrics, and he didn't mail them off to D.C. for copyright, a letter was returned to him stating that he didn't have enough original lyrics for, to reach the copyright. And so he pins the second verse. Jesus to Calvary, he did go. His life uh, for sinners to show what he did there brought hope for despair. Oh, how he loves you and me. I hope you get this. It was for freedom that Christ expressed his love for us. That there was nothing that we could give to God to warrant his love. I really want us to get this. That God didn't begin to love us when we chose to love him. But First John says that we love him because he first loved us. And I'm so glad Jesus loves me. I, I saw our kids walking out of here. I was just thinking about it. I'm so glad he cares. I'm so glad he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm glad that he, he did. Christ sets us free to experience this love. Not only does he set us free to experience this love, but he says for freedom, Christ sets us free because Christ enables us to live as members of God's family. I want you to see just how wonderful it is to be able to be called children of God. 
that God allows us, finite beings, to be engrafted through Christ Jesus as a part of his family. I got to park here for a moment because, see, what really motivates the apostle to write this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit was that there are some some Judaizers around trying to compel these new believers in Galatia to think that they they needed more than Jesus Christ in order to be saved. They needed more than Christ in order to qualify. And maybe you can relate to this because sometimes in our lives we come face to face with individuals who don't accept us for who we are, but they want us to do more, become more, be more like this. And if you don't like what they like, well, then you won't be a part of their crew, their crowd, or their crony. Won't be one of the cronies. But God, in his love for us, said that he did it based upon his love for us. I I, I hope you get this, that we don't have to do anything because Christ did everything that was needed to to enable us to be a part of the family of God. Did you catch that? That there's nothing that you have to do. Christ did it all and all to him We owe why? Because he took all of sin and death on Calvary's cross. He did it because of God's love for you. And he says there's nothing that you have to do but accept it and embrace it. And as a result of embracing it, you're able to live in the freedom that comes from the love of God. I'm getting a little too excited. I need to slow down. I need to slow down. I need to slow down because I really want you to understand this. Because when you know you're in the family, you began to live like you're in the family. And I, want you, I really want you to get it, because every now and then, the enemy within and the enemy without will try to call us to believe that we need to do more than what Christ has already done. Can I help you understand something? When you're in the trouble of sin, only God can rescue you from sin. There's nothing we can do to earn it, and, 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 and this is what I love about it, you all. If we couldn't do anything to earn it, there's nothing you can do to lose the love of God. I hope you get this. That what what Christ does is that he does the work. He sets us free. He comes into our lives. He awakens our hearts. He allows us to see the revelation of God's glory in Christ Jesus. And as a result of awakening and knowing Christ for yourself personally, you get to be in the family. Okay, let me say it this way. You get to be in the family of God. I, I told you we have four manifestations of love. As you see, I used to say we have four teenagers, but now for some reason my son crossed over into the 20s in January and February is just messing us up. So uh, pray for us. We're, we're, trying to, we're trying to live through that. Um, but we, I, I, it was my three sons. After For a while in my life, it was my three sons. And my three sons, uh, as, they, as they lived in our household, they understood that as being a part of our family unit, it was important for them to learn work ethic. They, it was important for them to understand that you have to work, that nothing in life is free, bar salvation. But truly, it wasn't free because Christ paid for it. But, oh, I digress. I told my three boys, uh, you're living in my house, you have to work. I pulled that King James version that says, a man don't work, he doesn't. I thought I had some, some folk in here that cut their teeth on King James. I did, I did. I told them, I said, look here, you, you all got to work, you got to work. And so as soon as they were eligible, actually the year before they were eligible, I signed to make sure that they were eligible because I really wanted them to learn how to work. Uh, that's my three sons, uh, not so much with my favorite daughter. No, no, no. She's, she's right there. Look how beautiful she is. Oh, you're so gorgeous. Look just like your mama. 
and your daddy. All right. Uh, so, so not, not so much with her because, because even though she desired to work, I, I told her, baby, you don't have to be in a hurry to, to, to work for anything. You, you, you're okay. And, and so every now and then, I'm telling, I'm telling you, they, they might be ashamed of it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, every now and then, we'd go to places where, um, you know, you, 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 you purchase things. Every now and then, we'd go to places where you purchase things. And um, I, I could hear my boys talking, and there they are. They're conversing. And, and every now and then, they would, they, the oldest would come up and say, man, I got $25, Trey. I know you don't want me to tell you business. Business, but I'm telling you right now. So he, he said, I, I got $25. And then, then, then the second oldest would say, well, well, I got $15. Well, you see, my youngest son, he's very frugal. And so he's like, well, I got $30. <laughs> and they're getting ready to make their purchases of what they want. Um, and then they looked at my daughter and they said, well, what you have? She said, I got daddy. I'm trying to help you understand something. I'm really trying to help you understand something that, that when Christ Jesus is your Savior, you got the Heavenly Father that is your Father, which means there's nowhere you go where God isn't with you. I know somebody in here knows it, that when you say yes to Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God enters into your life, and the reality of Christ being with you is the same promise he gave to the disciples where he says, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I want to teach you how to live in freedom. And if I get excited about it, because I can't figure out how you can talk about the good news and not get excited about the good news, that we didn't deserve this, but yet Christ loved us enough to come and the Spirit of Christ is within us. He lives within us, not because we're perfect, because He's perfect and He wouldn't leave us by ourselves. So even though we're in those situations where it could be like David, where he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because thou Art. I know I got some Bible. I, y'all, y'all, I love first nag. Y'all, y'all read the Bible. Thou, thou art with me. Listen to, listen to what we have, the liberty, the advantage that we have as believers. Not only does Christ set us free to experience the love of God, but that that love of God draws us to be children of God who's able to live with the assurance that God's love is always with us. Even in your darkest day, when you trust God, he's, he's with you. Even when you're in that moment where, where you're, you're facing uncertainty and, and the unknown. I love the quote that says, you can all, even in unknown places, you can always trust a known God. That he is, he's with you. He who unlocks the shackles of sin doesn't just leave you to go about life on your own. But in every step of life, when you're his child, grandma said it this way, he walks with you. He's he's there to guide you. And that's the assurance we have as believers. That when we can't get ourselves out, which we cannot get ourselves out of sin, the love of God comes and Christ Jesus is the way. He's the key. It's right there. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one that comes. And not only does he come in, but then he leads us to live the lives that he's calling us to live. I hope you realize this. Because he enables us. 
He enables us to not only live and experience his love, he enables us to live as members of his body, but then he gives you the ability to not only live as members of the body, but Christ lives in us, enabling us to resist ungodliness. I'm still in the text. Because look what he says. He says, for freedom, Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore. I I, I love this. He says, don't waver in the faith that you have in Christ Jesus. Stand firm. Will trials come? Yes. But with the Spirit of God within you, you're still able to stand firm. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord that God allows you, though the storms come, and, and every now and then you'll have some storms. I, I know we don't always show it in here, but there's some trials that will come in our lives. But here's the good news. With every trial, you have a Savior who's already triumphed. He said, be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world, and he who overcomes the world is living inside the believer, which means no matter how desolate or desperate it may seem the believer is within you which makes you already an overcomer and so whatever you're facing in this season or the season to come you can have faith in the Lord to stand firm on his promises stand firm on his truth and whom the son has set free is still going to be I thought I had some believers in here it's going to be free indeed listen because it's going to happen where dark days are going to come if you live long enough, you'll come into some season. And some of us, honestly, you've already been there. You said, I've been there. I got the t-shirt. I, I know what it is to, to face trials and difficult moments, but I'm on the other side of it now where I know that I got a God who is faithful to deliver me. And that's what he says, that you're able to stand firm and not drift into any thought or imagination to think that, that Jesus is not sufficient for you. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. And you know, when you have Christ, you have enough because he will be there with you. Not only uh, does Christ set us free from experiencing, free, free to experience God's unfailing love, how does Christ enable us to live as members of God's family? But Christ lives in us, and he enables us to resist ungodliness. It's the latter part of verse 1. I hope you see it there. He says, for freedom Christ sets us free. Stand firm then. And then look what he says there. And don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. What he's telling the believers here, there's a time when you are under bondage to the law. And all the law reminded you of is that you could never live up to the standard. All the law reminded you of was that every day you're in threat of being in relationship with God. Because every day, every day we stumbled, uh, the law convicted us. And truly, every day the law convicts us. But when you have Christ Jesus, then you know he's paid it all. And it allows you to live in the liberty of the love of God through Christ. Don't mistake this. 
Because liberty is not some vicarious living without boundaries. Liberty is understanding that my life is governed by the love of Christ, the lordship of Christ over my life. And when I submit my life to him, I'm able to live in those boundaries to know that he is, he is there to guide me. Any sports fans in here? Let me check for a minute. Any sports fans? Uh, some of you right now, like, I want to go, go and check out the sports game. Any, any sports fans in here? And in every, every arena of sports, there are boundaries to the game. If you're in football, then there's the sidelines. If, if you are uh, in baseball, then, then what, what is there in baseball? Huh? What is it? The foul line, all right. Uh, and I might got some soccer fans out there, okay. You might have some soccer fans out there. Um, and, and, and whatever those, those lines are on the side that keeps you in, um, here's the reality. In order to really enjoy the game, you got to stay in the boundaries. I'm trying to help you understand something. That in order to enjoy the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus, then we got to live by the Spirit. And that's kind of how he ends that chapter. And he says that if we live by the Spirit, we keep in step with the Spirit, which means we're following God everywhere he leads us so we're no longer living life by our own rules or by our fleshly desires but we're being led by the spirit of God um, I'm gonna tell it to you like Dr. Webster told me on yesterday and then I'm gonna go ahead and sit down um, we were we were out there um, I believe it was on Tyler Tyler Street I think that's where we were and um, I, I noticed that, that there was a lot of people out there um, because uh, some guy was hanging out at, at SFA, um, some country singer. What was uh, he was he was out there commanding all the attention, you know. And and so we were going to eat, and and, and we were going to eat together. And, and Angela, you were, you were right there with us, and uh, um, we were right there in the parking lot. And Doc Tom, I don't know if you remember saying this, but we were right there in the parking lot, and and I'm looking at the hustle and bustle, and looking at the cars. I'm checking out my children because I want to make sure they're safe as they're going through, and uh, and I'm just hearing all the noise because there's a long waiting line. And this this is what he tells me. Tom says, Tom says, Hey, um, if you ever need your bearings. Catch this, catch this. He said, you ever need your bearings? He said, uh, just look up. And when I looked up, I saw the steeple of First Baptist Mac. And on top of that steeple was a cross. And I, 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 the Holy Spirit grabbed me and he said, listen, when you have the Spirit of God within you and you find yourself drifting away from the truth of the gospel that says you are saved by grace, whenever you find yourself drifting away to believe that God doesn't love you even though he does love you and his love is unending, whenever you find yourself drifting away, all you have to do is just look up. Because when you look up, you see the cross and you say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Just look up. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And I don't know where you are right now, but I just came here on this morning just to tell you that no matter what you're going through, just look up. Look to the hills. But from come your help, your help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Just just look up, and you'll be reminded that it's for freedom. Christ has set you free. So you're able to stand firm. No matter what culture says, you're able to stand firm. No matter what society declares, you're able to stand firm. On your college campuses, you're able to stand firm. 
firm. Why? Because Christ enables you. So don't drift. Don't, don't take on again the yoke of slavery that says you're not set free. But when you find yourself in that low place, when you find yourself in a dark place, places of unknown and uncertainty, just remember to look up and you'll find that your Savior is still with you. This is the life we have in Jesus Christ. A life of assurance. A life to know that when you come to Christ Jesus, no matter what you're coming with, that there's no stain of sin that the blood can't deliver you from. That when you come to him, you can come to him just as you are. And he will He'll take you. And the Bible says that when you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse you from unrighteousness. Do you get that? That when you come to him, he will come to you. When you say yes to him, he'll indwell you. And you will know that with him, you will always be set free. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads all over this building? But Father, you are truly good to us. And we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the reminder from a holy scripture by your Holy Spirit that, that it is you who does the saving work in our lives. And when you unlock us from the shackles, you set us free to live free in Christ Jesus. Now, leaders, that we never go back to living as bondage, in bondage or shackled to our history. But rather, we can live knowing that we have true liberty in you, as we've been blessed by you to be your sons and daughters in Christ Jesus. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.